Hello and welcome to Who Uses a Director of Football, Sudamericana Adventure, an FM podcast with myself, Lewis, and my co-host, Tom. So, Tom, back for one last time uh, in our first season our, of the final episode of our Sudamericana Adventure. How have things been for you? Uh, since we last spoke in this medium, obviously we've spoken in the real world, but not in the two D box world. Been a, been a while, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to start in a bit. Uh, it's been fine. I mean, if, if you want an update on uh, the last three months, I can give you a week by week update. We'll have a four hour pod, just sort of going through going through our lives. Uh, but no, all good, all good. We, we've met up a few times, haven't we? Played played a bit of tennis, done a bit of go karting together. Celebrate your birthday recently. Um, but yeah, well, good. Yeah, it's, just, it's been a while on this platform, though, doing some podding, though, which is uh, uh, which which we'll go into in a bit. Yeah, it, it, it felt like the uh summer break, uh, break. that we, we said we wouldn't take really did become one that yeah. we took. Uh, but I think that happened naturally, and I think we've kind of, I think, and as we're as we do this more often, I think we'll definitely find the summer will naturally like the real life football has become our off season. And I think we probably will be a bit more aware of that in future. Absolutely. So this, the, the amount of games that pile up in the, in the, in the leagues this season is a disgrace. You know, we need, we need a, <laughs> but for, for FM players like ourselves, you know, the, the fixture calendar in the FA and the respective FA really needs to get their, get their, uh, Get their heads out of the sand and think about player welfare. Yeah, and I, and without touching on on future content too much, the the uh, Brazilian league is definitely the worst I've ever experienced for that. And 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 what a what a what a fixture list it is. It is pretty intense, isn't it? You know, like you don't really get to stop. As soon as you stop, you go into the regional state championship sort of thing. So and yeah, the whole like, thing you don't starts really... again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I must admit, I've um, like I say, in, in the last again, we're touching it a bit, but I haven't played for a while. I, in the last week or so, I've started a just a bog standard save with Everton, which which just just in my sort of downtime and stuff, and it's great. I just get three three months off in the summer to actually plan transfers effectively, as opposed to be jumping into games and playing seventy games a season. It's it's quite relaxing. Indeed. So uh, you've kind of hinted at it, Tom, but do you want to give your final update uh, uh, as brief yeah, as yeah. it so, is? I guess. I, I guess I guess we'll touch on the reason we haven't podded for for so long. I think we we, we got to a point. It's fair to say where we were, you know, we got pod in the diary, and we sort of said it's just sort of during the summer. And, oh, I haven't actually done much this week. Let's push it back a week, and we just kept pushing it back and back to the point where we realised we weren't really playing that much. The reason we do this pod is, like I said, as we've always said, it's to justify really to to, to, <laughs> to both our fiancés that uh, that that we need to carry on playing this silly game. Um, at the point at which we, we were actually not playing it ourselves, uh, a there's not there's very little to talk about because we haven't played the game, and b well, we don't need to justify. It. Um, so so yeah, we thought we, we had a conversation, but oh, we're sort of getting into it. But I think everyone's had this feeling right where they haven't touched an FM save for a month, six weeks. You try and get back into it, and it's like oh, I I, I just can't get into it. So that's that's pretty much what we got to. But it was it was a nice point because I think you know I'd done almost what I wanted to achieve by a managing Corinthians in the first place I'd won us uh, the league title which was great and I'd also won us the the Sudamericana final um which was which was really good so um yeah I guess that that's a little bit on on um on why we've, we've been missing effectively we just didn't play the game it was summer 
Um, but with all that being said, we're you know this is going to be the last pod of this this save um, of, of this season. So we're going to touch on and Lewis, you've played a little bit more recently to sort of finish off your save as well. So I think Lewis, you're going to talk us through how your uh, series, your your save with Fluminense uh, concluded. We're then going to touch a little bit on, we thought we'd do a, a 1 to 11. So we're going to pick our best, off, or our favourite, I guess, less so our best from, from my perspective, our yeah. favourite 1 to 11 um, players from the players that we've managed during the saves. So we'll, we'll do that after Lewis has has done his, um, uh, given his update. And and then what we're going to touch on a little bit, and um, you know, we've been missing for the last few months, but that's not to say we're we're actually we're going anywhere. We are going to continue podding for for FM twenty four, when that's released, we're not going to go into the details of 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 the save. We've we've decided it. We basically got pissed in the pub the other night and decided on our save our save for twenty twenty four. But we'll touch on a little bit about when we might be back. Yeah, indeed. Uh, indeed. More disturbingly, it was a long four hours of day drinking. As Catherine reminded me, we went at about half two and then and, and sort of waddled home at about quarter to seven, didn't we, by the time? So, so yeah, it was a, a was long a day. <laughs> there was. And boy, how did, did the uh, lager and limes go down well on my side of the equation? Uh, yeah. And just to, just to, just to kind of add to what you said, the only thing is, yeah, absolutely. The, we're doing an all-time save eleven. I think is how I'd put it. We're we're pretty much picking our favourite players across the course of the save. They might not necessarily be the best players, but they were definitely the most impactful players across the save. So so excited for that at the end of the episode. So yeah, I guess with that, it's time for me to update you on on the end of Renzo's journey uh, and what a journey it's been. Lewis, for for, the, for those of us that, uh, and I'm, obviously I'm not including myself in this. I'm, I'm very, I'm very <laughs> I know where you're going with this, as to where you were three months ago. Uh, but 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 for the for the listeners that haven't actually been necessarily been thinking about the next steps of what's <laughs> happening in your save for the last three months, can you just fill us in on where you were? Well, Tom, you would be suggesting that I've been thinking about the next steps in my save <laughs> for the last three months, which I very much have not. Now I was planning on giving an update, so. So the update was, uh, the last update, the, the situation it was, was pretty clear. Um, we were top of the league by, I believe, four points at the time from Flamengo. We were in a Brazilian cup final and uh, we were just about to play the Copa Libertadores semi-final against Coritiba. So a potential treble. A potential treble was on the cards, yeah. So, so uh, the first game back, and I won't do every single game, but just to 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 pick up from where I left off. So, the first game back was against. Uh, was against Palmeiras. So that was a league game against Palmeiras at home. And, and immediately to to invite me back to the save, I lose 1-0. So, so a nice. good start, a solid start. Um, a tricky Very test. Miles, Jac- Miles Jacobson and the lads giving you a middle finger to say where the hell you've been, <laughs> get back into our game. If you leave yeah. us again, it'll be, it'll be worse than that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... 
So then the next game was the Libertadores semi-final first leg at home against Coritiba. Um, comfortable win, 2-0. Goals for Uger, the centre-back, and Maximiliano Gatti, giving us a decent cushion against a mid-table uh, Brazilian side. Uh, then uh, went on a run of two wins uh, before the second leg against Coritiba, uh, where we weren't so convincing, but our first leg victory got us over the line. Uh, goal through Renan for them in the 79th minute before Fabio Arroz. Fabi Rice uh, makes it one all in the 90th. So that means we're into the final. Fabi Rice, I forgot about, forgot about Fabi Rice. So we're into the final. So that's good. And the more important match was played in the other side of the competition. Um and it was something you were wondering about. Uh, and that is, uh, who would play us in the final? Well, the answer, you'll probably not be surprised to hear, although the way they did it was was pretty impressive. Uh, Flamengo played us in... Yeah, it was Vasco da Gama versus Flamengo. And Flamengo okay. uh, lost the first leg uh, 2-0, but came back to to take it to 3-1 on aggregate, winning 3-1 in the second leg uh, and then winning on penalties. So we had a Fla-Flu derby for the Libertadores, as I know you hoped. So if we were going to win the Libertadores, we'd have to do it against the best team in South America. Um, And so so the stage was set. The stage was set for for the final... Uh, the final being played at the Metropolitano Roberto Roberto Melendez Melendez that I butchered that in Colombia. So that was a few games away, but the stage very much set. So then, so then we had a, a run of three wins uh, on the back, solid three nil, two nil, two nil against Juventud. Uh, RB, Red Bull, Bragantino and Cruzeiro before a couple of stuttering performances uh, against Sao Paulo, uh, losing losing uh, 3-2 against Sao Paulo. And then probably the most frustrating game in the run-in uh, was uh, against Ciaria, who we absolutely annihilated to the score of a 3-all draw. We took them apart. <laughs> the XG was horrendously in our favour. Our XG was about 4.5. Their XG was about 1.1, but too many times we switched off. Um, and in spite of absolutely annihilating them, took a three-all draw away with us. Um, and at that point, we we had to... Uh, we went 1-0 up. Then we went 2-1 up. Then they pulled it back. Uh, sorry, then they pulled it back to two all. Then they made it three two. And it was only through Mamini in the 67th minute did we get a point from a match that we absolutely dominated. Just an infuriating game. Where, but, does, where does this put you sort of in the league at this point? Like, how? So at this how, point, I think we were a single point. We were a single point ahead of Flamengo at this point with. Okay, so it's. It, Really were they were really were key matches then? Yeah, with eight games to go, we're a single point ahead of Flamengo. Every point counts. Um, so then, then 
I'll get I'll get rid of the league game first. Play Coritiba, beat them two 0 But 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 both sides of the Coritiba game was the Brazilian Cup final, the two legged Brazilian Cup final against Botafogo. In this case, we'd knocked out Flamengo earlier in the competition, which I was very grateful for. Um, and we did nothing in the first leg. Two 0 win in the first leg through Gatti and Thiago. Nil nil draw in the second leg. Solid job done. So double cup winners. Absolutely. Back-to-back cut wins for the lads. Um, pretty good. I'd be pleased with that. And and again, I guess the way we're going at the moment, as importantly as sort of retaining the cup, you're now one down, two to go for the treble. Exactly, exactly. One down, two to go for the treble. The stage is set for the yeah. treble. Most importantly though, obviously, because the treble isn't that important, what is the most important thing is that at this point, Renzo Rivera was considered the greatest Peruvian manager of all time. I forgot he was Peruvian. <laughs> <laughs> I was the greatest Peruvian. I'd love to know who the no, indeed. Well, it was. I feel a bit sorry for the bloke in sorry, second. I don't want you to now find out in second. I don't want you to find out who. It was. No, no, no. I, 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 but I, I will say I feel a bit sorry for the bloke in second who was a Peruvian domestic winner fifteen times. But because I'd yeah. won the Sudamericana twice, those points are worth way more than fifteen, uh, fifteen domestic trophies in Peru. Yeah. But yeah, this this poor this poor lad's got like about. You know, twenty statues outside the Sporting Cristal Stadium after <laughs> yeah. winning, you know, the league title with them eight years on the trot, and, and then and then some some Johnny come lately turns up into Brazil, wins the Sudamericana, and all of a sudden he's, <laughs> he's, he's yeah, he's, the history books. yeah, and he's half Uruguayan at that, and he's never managed in Uruguay or Peru. I mean, he's I don't think yeah, he's probably never been in Peru. <laughs> Paddington Bears more Peruvian, indeed. Okay, so so that was the stage being set for a treble. Then we went on an absolute tear in the league um, in terms of getting the job done. So 2-0 against Chacapenze, 3-0 against Atletico Perenze, and then two really, really well-fought 1-0 victories uh, against Botafogo and Corinthians, uh, both with early goals and solid defensive efforts to just grind out the results we needed. So that then... Very well. Yeah, it it went very well. So the stage then uh, was set. With two games to go, we were were a point ahead with two games to go in the league. Uh, So we're in a a good position. Oh no! Oh. For the podcast listeners, that was a a slow nod. It was a slow nod, but more importantly, Tom, it's Copa Libertadores final time, and oh, so you play the Libertadores final, and then you've got the two final games in the league. Correct. So two out of your last three games of the save were up against Flamengo. Correct. That's quite nice. That is nice. Oh, it, it, have you got them last season? Or last game of the season. <laughs> I mean, when I said the stage was set, the stage was set. So, yeah, the build up to the uh, the the build up to the. Sorry, one final thing before I talk about the build up to the Libertadores. Finally, Tom, 
I got my Continental Pro license in November, a mere month <laughs> before the end of the save. Does Renzo finally get? <laughs> does Renzo finally get his, his Continental Pro license? Which, in a way, felt like as much the end of the save as anything else. Um, so yeah, it's been quite an eventful. That's, yeah, that's, that's Renzo sort of putting his middle finger up to the system again on the way out. That's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, oh, you recognise me now? Well, right, see you later. <laughs> see you later, pal. See you uh, later, pal. <laughs> so, uh, the, the yeah, so the build-up to the Libertadores wasn't great. Uh, Gene got injured for four weeks, so he wasn't playing in the... Uh, Gene Genie. Yeah, Gene Genie was injured before playing in the final. And then a mere four days beforehand, um, Gatti had thigh strain, which put him out for four to six days. And I've got to say that was partially my fault, because I think a bit like Arteta with Saka, I I wasn't giving Gatti enough rest. And I pushed him one too many times, and he picked up a niggle in training. So he couldn't start. So... For the big match, the Clash of the Titans, the Flaflu Derby in the Libertadores final, we lined up with Renato Carlos, our backup goalkeeper in goal. He's pretty solid, but he's never he's never played at this level before, put it that way. Uh Jao yeah. Victor on the right side of the back three, Jair in the centre, Jean Marcelo on the left side, Lucas Barros right. as a left wing back. Caligari as a right wing back, Captain Fantastic Andre in the centre of the park, Miguel Figuera uh, on the left side of the central uh, pairing, Flores, Federico Flores, Fede Flores down the left, Johnny Rivas somehow, as always, <laughs> having to play in the big moments. He can, he'll find a way. It doesn't matter what he does the rest of the season. He will be in a big game and Mamini up top. So the stage was like, set. It's when you sort of say those players, like some of them I remembered, some of them I didn't. I remember Fed, Federico Flores being like, that, that guy was special. I think he was. He looked, he looked insane. He's going to be good in future, I'll say that, but that future will never come, but he will be good in that future. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we kick off uh, and knock the ball around for a bit. I'm pretty defensive. Oh, I should say the Flamengo team because it is pretty stacked. Um, Bento in goal, Thiago Maia down the left, Gabriel, Arsenal centre-back at left centre-back, Marquinhos, at this point, I think he's about 30... Oh, he's only 35. He's younger than I thought, I was. thought he was. Marquinhos, ex-PSG at right centre-back. Vinicius Tobias, really good wing-back at uh, right-back. Uh, Thiago Mendes, their regen defensive midfielder, really solid at the back of midfield. Mateus Franca, who's an excellent, excellent player. Uh, João Gomez, who is also an excellent, excellent player. Two really good central midfielders. Then a front three of Vitor Roque down the left, Pedro um, and Gabby goal, Gabriel Barbosa down the right. So an absolutely top a draw. Team. A very, very good side that we're up against. Um, possibly the best South American club side I think I've ever seen in a football manager game. Um, so we kick off, we knock the ball around a bit. Two minutes in, get a highlight. And 
Andre, Captain Fantastic, knocks an innocuous pass back to the centre-back, uh, but the ball is too slowly. Vittor Rocco picks it up on the left, looks to shoot, and clips the outside of the post. So already two minutes in, we are living very dangerously. Um, and that very much set the precedent um, for the game. We were on the back foot all game, knocking the ball around. We're doing our best. We had a few decent moves. Um, Flores put in a decent shift, hard working shift. Midfield did all right. Um, but that's the way it stayed until half time. Nil nil. Cagey game, classic final. Um, not a lot created. They look like the better side. Um, we had a couple of moments uh, in the second. So we're now into the second half. Couple of moments. Um, Miguel Figuera took a pot shot from distance and, and hit the uh, crossbar. So that was an, an absolute howitzer. Um, and, but again, they had lots of opportunities too. Um, uh, Mateus Franca went close, but hit the post as well. Um, so, so that's the way it stayed until 70 minutes, uh, at which point I thought, you know what? I've got to bring on Gatti. I've got to. He's a bit knocked up. He's a bit hobbled. But Johnny Rivers at this point is on a 6.2. Um, Flores is on a 6.4. Mumini's on a 6.4. So we're not doing a great job. We're not playing particularly well. So I bring on Rivas. And then five minutes later, Miguel Figuera sprays a ball out wide to him and he slots an incredible ball around the corner over the top from a minute to run onto. He's clear through on goal. He's one-on-one. He's one-on-one. He's got to score. He's got to score and he doesn't score. Bento pushes it oh, wide. and The big man for the big occasion as well. The big man for the big occasion and it was a it it should have it, uh, nine times out of ten he puts it in the bottom corner. Uh, it was a hell of a save, um, and that was our moment. So it goes to extra time. It goes to extra time. I've I pushed us on a bit, um, and for really for ninety minutes we're at their level. But unfortunately, it was just a bit too much, and they just had a bit too quality and. The 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 door opens for them with a, a poor bit of defending by Jao Victor, a really simple ball over the top. Uh Vitor Roque runs through, picks it up, and puts it in the back of the net. So we're one down at this point. I think oh, maybe no. oh, we on can... what minute? A hundred and first minute. Oh, okay. So I was thinking, okay, maybe we've got a chance. Then five minutes later, an almost carbon copy goal. The legs are run off the defence and Vitor Roque slots one in to make it 2-0 in extra time. At this point, I'd chuck us on. Um, at this point, I'd chuck us on positive or maybe overload. I can't remember. Well, very attacking as it's called now. Um, but wasn't to be. Uh, Gabriel caps it off for them 3-0 in extra time. And in heartbreaking fashion we lose the Libertadores final. And it was, ah, oh, Tom, I played it last night. It was the last match I played before I went to sleep. It was utterly, no, it wasn't, but it was one of the matches. It was gutting. Like, I played it and then, and then I was playing it on, on, on top of the, on, on top of the double bed. And then at that point, Catherine came up and I, I literally, she walked in the room and the first thing I said to her was, I've just lost the final and I'm gutted. I've just absolutely 
gutted because I just I don't think the game plan could have it it's one of those things where you put the players in the right positions to do it and and if Mumini just took his chance it's we win we win the Libertadores you know it was always going to be a tough match against Flamengo we were always going to have to make it a cagey game we're not as good as them on paper we're not so the only way we were going to beat them was by making it a tough cagey counter-attacking affair and nicking a goal and the chance was there I saved Gatti for the right moment. He provided Mumini the ammunition, but for the first time in his career in a big moment, Mumini didn't get the job done, which was gutting, utterly gutting. But so that's that so is, that's, that's devastating. Yeah, it was it was awful. Honestly awful. So there's two more games to play in the save. Still- <laughs> Got the league to, to, to play for and win. Still got the league to play for and win. So the first of those two games was away at Cuiaba. It should be a comfortable win. It was a comfortable win. It was a 3-0 victory through uh, Miguel Figuera with an absolute worldie in the 11th minute, curling it out from about 40 yards. It was an absolute screamer. Um, Gatti getting a goal in the 20th and Marquinhos uh, finishing off the scoreline with the third of those three goals. So I will give you a rundown with just the... I'll give you a rundown of the permutations uh, with one game to go against Flamengo. Importantly, not that it changed that much, but importantly, uh, Flamengo drew their match, which meant we were exactly three points ahead of them. But it didn't... Oh, right. so goal, I was going to say, if they won, it's pretty obvious, but actually if it's if it's three-point difference, goal difference obviously comes into play. Yeah. So we were at this point on 89 points with a goal difference of plus 50. They were on 86 points with a goal difference of plus 61. So So the permutations are simple. If I draw, I win the league. If I lose, they win the league. Yeah, got it. So buckle up. (laughs) So... It was more or less with my team selection a case of running it back because I didn't think we did much wrong. So uh, only real change was that uh, Andre was injured. So Adriano, the backup, uh, more defensive of the two midfielders, slotted in for him. So that left us with a starting lineup of Renato Carlos in goal, Caligari, Javitor, Jean-Marcelo uh, and... Anger in the back three, Caligari on the right wing back, Lucas Barros left wing back, Miguel Figuera and Adriano in the middle of the park, Gatti, Flores and Mamini up top. And uh, Flamengo's starting lineup was uh, fairly similar. Uh, Bento in goal again, Jose Augusto, who is coming to us, uh, uh, crossing, crossing uh, in a future that will never be played to the uh, green and red side of uh, of Rio de Janeiro as opposed to the red and black side. Gabriel Marcio, uh, their centre-back, who 
just a, a regen, fairly competent regen. Vinicius Tobias, they then played Marquinhos at the back of midfield with Mateus Franca and Santiago C- Simon, my former nemesis uh, for River Plate and Flamengo, uh, in the heart of their midfield with Judevan, a very, very fast regen winger, Gabriel Barbosa uh, down the right again, and Vitor Roque this time through the middle. So we kick off. And this time, compared to the Libertadores final, we look like we're playing a bit better. We're playing, officially, obviously, though, both teams are at the American R. We're the home side. So we're playing at home, although it's their home as well. Um, But I guess it would have more of our fans in the stadium, a bit like the San Siro. And we kick off. We're playing well. We're knocking the ball around well. We're not looking like they're just dominating us like they did in the Libertadores final. We were on the back foot immediately in that game. And we go close with an early chance through Federico Flores, but don't quite. Uh, doesn't quite get his shot right, and it goes sort of harmlessly wide. And then I get a highlight in the thirteenth minute, and Lucas Barros picks a ball down the left, whips the long ball over the top, and who's running in behind to put it in the bottom corner? But my man Evo Mamini Cooper making it one 0 to the Fluminense boys. At the at the start of the match, and that's the start you need. This you're in an incredibly strong position now, right? Because I get a draw, and you're you're still good. Yeah, absolutely. Your tones, your tones for his his uh, is missing in the Libertadores final. And that position was strengthened when Renato Carlos smacks a long ball upfield. Marcio, who I've never rated, misjudges the flight of the ball. It falls kindly for Mamini, and Mamini makes it 2-0 after 35 minutes. Oh, Lewis, you know what? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I should be saying, oh, great, you're 2 like, I, I, I just don't... I, I could just sense you're about to tell me that this, this, this didn't go smoothly from there on in. <laughs> tell me you didn't throw this away. So... We get to half time <laughs> and it's 2 0. We get to half time and it's 2 0. And we're looking good, so I don't change anything. I don't touch anything. And, you know, we're playing well. We're, we're playing really well. Except out of nowhere, Marquinhos on 54 minutes picks the ball up at the back of midfield and turns into the best creative playmaker I've ever seen, slotting a lovely ball through to Vitor Roque to make it 2 1. And at this point, my nerves are on edge. Oh my God. And I immediately try and scrabble round to to sort of tactically sort this out because um, we're not putting enough pressure I mean, they, on Marquinhos. They still need two goals. They, they still need two goals, Lou. They don't mm. need... It's well, fine. But, fine. You're, you're in control. But that's a, a more precarious situation when two minutes later, uh, <laughs> Vinicius Tobias slots a ball into the centre of the park into Mateus Franca, who playing in a 4-2-3-1 now. They've shifted from a 4-3-3. It's got loads of space and makes it 2 all. So at this point... It's two all. And what was looking a comfortable counter to league victory is looking far more stressful. And at this point, I keep things the way they are. I go defensive. I tighten things up a bit. I think, you know what? We can get over the line here. And that that sensation was only made greater when, when Gatti gets taken down in their box. So Gatti gets taken down in their penalty box um, and we get a penalty. And who else would I want 
on that penalty, apart from a minute. I wouldn't give the ball to anyone else, wouldn't I? I wouldn't. And I give the oh, ball. He's not ruined his reputation again, is he? <laughs> and he puts it to the keeper's right, and Bento guesses correctly and pushes it round the post. <laughs> oh, mate, mate! This is what they say: never, never go back. You could have, you could have left this save. You could have left. Sorry, I'm away from the microphone. You could have left this save, and uh, and you could have had fantastic memories and dreams of who I remember he was. And he he sounds like he's on the verge of throwing away two two championships for you. Never go back. And Thomas, unfortunately, you would be right as Matthias Franca finishes the job with an assist from Udovan in the 83rd minute. And and we throw away the league in incredible fashion. In in Dortmund-esque fashion, um, we we have successfully bottled the league. Oh, mate. And... Oh, that is awful. I know. And Tom, you know what's worse? I had your bloody words ringing in my ear when you said to me a while back, you said, you know what your save, Lewis, needs? It needs more disappointment and suffering. Well, thank you for that, because I feel like you spoke this into existence. (laughs) So... Uh, from from I feel really like Jurgen Klopp, and I play, I literally played this game two hours ago, Tom. So this is raw, this is fresh in my mind. I literally played this. I dropped Catherine off at the station to to drop her into work. Had a had a cheeky McDonald's breakfast, and then got down to business to play this match. And when you go two 0 up, and all you've got to do is get through forty five minutes of football, you're thinking, well, the league title's mine. I didn't do much wrong. It's just they played an absolute blinder in the second half. Matthias Franke walks away from the game with a 10 out of 10 rating. The guy has snatched them. The guy has absolutely snatched them a league title that, I mean, on paper they deserved. But I think on in principle, we we were we were probably the more consistent team throughout the season. But that's why I was so gutted about that Ciaria result, because I was worried with that Ciaria result that the ramifications of it, of only getting a point, might come back to haunt me. And oh, they did. Man, they is, did. They really did. I don't, I don't know what to say. Like I'm, I was kind of expecting that you just... I don't know why, but, I, you know... Well, because everything's gone so right. Because everything, as you said, sort of everything thinking... has gone so well in the save that it it should it you know it felt instinctively, and I didn't feel like I did much wrong. But I've come out on the back end of two absolutely heartbreaking results. I think this. I, yeah, I was thinking this would just be a nice a nice end to the pod. We sum it up nicely. Uh, close a nice little ribbon after Lewis. <laughs> you know, I've. I sort of I didn't quite achieve what I wanted to achieve, but it was it was okay. I would like to have won us in America, uh, at Libertadores, but that's fine. I'll leave that to you to win the Libertadores. And actually, your said well, so well. Let's let's just sign off with the trouble. <laughs> and oh, it's a tragedy. <laughs> oh, Lewis, I don't know what to say. That is painful. Losing the Libertadores in extra in extra time, and yeah. then literally not needing to concede three goals in the second half to win the league. Yeah. And, and, then, and having um, a chance to make it 3-2. That's what makes it gutting. Yeah, missing a and, and the player of the oh. save for me, like who's done everything right up until this point, 
And I mean, I, I can't hate, I, I still can't hate the man because for me, he's Harry Kane. It's, you know, you know, I'm a Tottenham fan. And, you know, Harry Kane went from Leighton Orient to a Champions League final and Mamini went from the Chilean second division to a Libertadores final. You can't hate what he's done, but in the moment... And you can't... I mean, it was to complete a hat-trick. He couldn't do more, could he? Like, no-one else stepped up. It was just... It was just... It just wasn't to be. But, yeah, it, it gutting. Oh, I am so, like... The most this, this happened like and, two hours, two hours ago to you, you know, you're going through the stage of grief, and I because you, you seem to be taking this a lot better than I think I, I did after my uh, after I threw away the uh, Sudamericana semi final or whatever it was to River. Like, yeah. I think I think, you, I think you're in for a rough day, mate. I think you're in for a rough <laughs> afternoon. I won't message you for this afternoon because I think you might need some time alone. It's a good job. I think there's, that there was a bit of rational, room. yeah, definitely. There's definitely a bit of rationalization going on. But yeah, so I will, and I don't think, you know, I'll be honest with you, Tom, I don't think I'm going to manage in South America ever again. I mean, you know, and so I don't think I'm going to realistically have another shot of winning a Libertadores. So, so it's, it's a really bittersweet end. I mean, if we'd have won the league, it has still been bittersweet that we couldn't quite do it in the Libertadores. This is just, this is just, Sour. It's just sour. It's such a sour ending. But hey, well, 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 well. On that ending, I, th- I think it's better. That, that is that is now the end of our of our um, Sudamericana adventure. And I think I think it's fair to say it's been a hell of a hell of a journey, as it were. We managed some crazy clubs. Um, I mean, that is. I'm not sure if that is the perfect ending or not the worst ending, though, Lewis. Like, I mean, the perfect, you know, we literally, we, we kind of failed, really, didn't we? We failed <laughs> gloriously in what you, we were trying to achieve. But. Yeah, and we sort of Roberto martinez our way up South American football, <laughs> failing upwards. Yeah. No, it was, it was, oh, no, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's, the first, it's really the, probably the first journeyman I've done. I tend to, I'll just, I'll pick clubs and I'll try and turn them into, into giants throughout that, I say. But actually, I loved it. It was great. Hop, club hopping, you could, like you say, you get tales at clubs. You know, I had, for example, you know, the tales I had at clubs of, um, you know, Chero, where we were doing all right, but I just hated everyone. Santiago Morning, where I was about to create a dynasty and they ruthlessly got rid of me. Taleras, who I just, which is a weird club. Um, and Sudamericana in the first Sudamerica in the first place where they sacked me within about seven games like all the awful things that went on there and then actually managing Corinthians in the end was fantastic and actually I, I reflect I think my favourite I thought my favourite time during it was Corinthians I reflected when we were putting PLR 1 to 11s uh, my favourite club hands down through this save was Aldax Italiano I absolutely I, yeah I knew them. that yeah, yeah yeah they were they were my favourite and it's like weird like I'd never heard of Aldax Italiano before doing the save and all of a sudden it's like ah I love I love these lads. Like, what, what a club! So um, no, I've 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 really enjoyed it. I think with with that in mind, that we've sort of touched on it. Shall we Shall we go through our our one to elevens? Yeah, I'll just say my version of that, and that is I couldn't agree more with you, Tom, because I thought the club I'd enjoy managing the most was was um, uh, Universidad de Chile. I really thought that would be the. But actually, the club I, Arturo Fernandez Vial have got such a place in my heart. I bloody love that club. <laughs> I bloody love that club. Like the the just the characters in Chilean second division football were just 
you know, I will never get over Arturo Sanchez potentially having a son in the game and outplaying a thirty-year-old when he's forty-two. Like that, you can't. Like that stuff writes itself. That stuff is like Disney Roy of the Rovers type sporting underdog film stuff. Oh, it was glorious. It's utterly glorious. And getting them out of the relegation zone in my first season. In, in in this really sold me immediately on the sheer joy of the stupid idea that we had and, and that we were turning into reality. I just loved it. I, th- I think it's fair to say then that like all the glory in this division, in this continent, comes in Brazil. You mm. get to sign the big players. You get to have yeah. these fantastic youth academies who pump out great players. You get to sign players. You get to have the opportunity to win major um continental mm. titles because that's where the money is it is so it is insane but we both had the best time in chile <laughs> yeah. so if the, 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 the words are the wise if you want to win something go to brazil if you want to have fun go to chile yeah chile is chile is just a great place to manage and i agree with you yeah. tom with that said let's do it all time 11s i think we should do um we should start from the goalkeeper and work forward and i think we should do one player think- at a time each I, I was going to say, I, I'm happy to do that. I was going to say, let's let's do an 11 and another 11 because it sort of flows a bit better. I mean, this, listener, you can tell how much prep we've done to this pod that we haven't, this is very much a, a pre-pod conversation that we haven't had. Uh, but what, what, I'm happy to do either. I was thinking it makes a bit more sense to go through. You can actually remember the teams. But... Okay. Yeah, fine. And uh, okay. uh, so, so what was I going to say? Uh, I forgot what I was going to say now. So that's a good start. We're doing well on this That's segment. <laughs> you can tell this is I'll a normal go, go. segment for us. <laughs> this is hard. You can tell. Yeah. Something we try new and we, within literally before the segment even started, it's fallen to pieces. And we're arguing over the way we should actually deliver it. <laughs> and then we're failing to deliver it. Oh, so oh, I'll, actually, before we start, actually, that is the thing I wanted to say. I Before we start, let's say what the formation is. So, yeah, okay. So... I'll, I'll, let me do my 11 first and then, then, we'll move, then, then we'll go back to you if that's right. No, but I mean, tell us what your formation is starting. Yeah, yeah. Well, my formation is as expected. The formation I've been playing pretty much the whole save. It's a back three, two wing backs, two centre midfielders, two number 10s, and then a centre forward. Fantastic. So that's the um, way I'm and, and like you, I've gone, uh, or I didn't quite solely play, well, you didn't solely play that formation, but I have kept it um, save appropriate. And I am playing yeah. a three-four-three three with two wing backs and two wingers mm-hmm. and a striker. Sounds good. So I, I went as I went through the process. Go on. No, it's okay. Carry on. As I went through the process, I, I kind of I learned very quickly that pretty much all my favourite players. I mean, obviously, this is going to be the case of most most FM saves. But like, I really struck. Like, I couldn't even remember a goalkeeper that I had. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I've ended up going for Jose Roberto. Who is my goal, my current goalkeeper at the Corinthians? Only because he managed to win me a Libertadores, a, a Sudamericana, and a league title. Um, I was convinced that I was going to go for when I was thinking of goalkeepers that I remember from the save. You know, I, I did mm. this uh, yesterday, having not played the save for three months. Um, I was, I'm, I'm going to go for Gustavo Medeiros. Like he's the goalkeeper that stands out in my head the most um, from the save. And when I went to find out, like how many games he played for me, I realised he's he's actually due to join me in six weeks' time in the save. So he hasn't, he hasn't even played for me yet. <laughs> what? Uh, so, well, the, the goalkeeper that? I penciled in as my goalkeeper of the save doesn't even play for me. Um, so no, Jose Roberto, but he he very much is. You know, he 
He's not there to make up the numbers. No, he is there to make up the numbers. Um, I, I have no stories to tell about him. I just didn't have any exciting goalkeepers. Which, again, we're in South America. You're not supposed to. Um, went for a back three um, for a, Ch- a Chilean, actually, but a Chilean that I signed um, for uh, for Corinthians, which is Yahir Kozak. I really liked him. Just, again, just a bit of a beast. He, I, I revolutionised the back um, the back three at Corinthians. I signed people like Mauro Mateus, but Yahir Kozak was sort of a modest with player it. in that. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, I like I liked him though. I did like you here. He's always one I could rely on. Oh, I meant more Sent- you, Tom, Sent- saying that you revolutionised the back three at Corinthians. I did, I did revolutionise the back. I did revolutionise the back three at Corinthians. I absolutely did. I stand by that. Um, I didn't have to revolutionise some of the back three at Orex Italiano though, because they had a nineteen-year-old kid who I made the captain pretty quickly. There was Felipe Torres. Um, a really, really good player. Moved through, moved through ranks really quickly. Perfect in the center, uh, center of back three. Uh, it, it was no, he probably out of all the three, setting up, he's absolutely my, um, my, my favorite. He actually moved in the game, um, to Universidad Catalica and is currently wanted by Birmingham City. So he, he, he should stay, he should stay. And my final center back is a guy again from Royce Italiano. I signed him from Hibs. It's the pimple. It's Paul Connolly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul Connolly. Um, never one of my better players, um, but actually, you know, he did a good job. He did a solid enough job. And what, what's interesting about him is he's, you know, I signed him from Hibs and then he decided to go to, he stayed in South America. He went to Millenarios um, in Colombia and then has recently joined Independiente. And is currently wanted by Fulham and West Brom in the Premier League. Um, oh. But he's also wanted by, apparently, Corinthians. Bearing in mind, I'm the manager still of Corinthians. He <laughs> apparently I want to sign him again. So Paul Connolly, uh, the pimple, the Scottish pimple that's in South America. You mean the giant freckle, Tom? Not, not, not the pimple, you're right, not the pimple. <laughs> the giant, <laughs> the giant <laughs> freckle, sorry. I've, I've I've given him a. Do you know he no longer plays for me? I've given him a minute to slag him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah the giant absolutely. freckle, not the giant pimple. Sorry, yeah, the giant freckle, Paul Connolly. Um, so he he's in my he's in my eleven. Right wing back, left wing back. I started left wing back. I went with Paolo Roberto. He came through the ranks um, at Corinthians. Just a really solid left wing back. Again, didn't have many great left wing backs. If I'm being honest, um, he does a job. Right wing back again is goes back to Alex Italiano, um, and it's it's the man. It's the, he he always rises for the big occasion. It's Felipe Viagra, um, <laughs> wearing Felipe the number Viagra. six, wearing the number sixty nine shirt. He, he never he never got to that level, but he's Felipe Viagra. Uh, he has to he had to be up there uh, as he always he's always up there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, always, he's always up there. Uh, yeah, Felipe Viagra at right wing back. So let me move into two centre midfielders, the two number tens on the striker. The two centre midfielders, actually, I, I, I gave it a lot of thought. And I ended up with both my current centre midfielders at Corinthians, which are Patrick, the guy that I signed that literally I could have turned him into a striker, a number 10, and I, I ended up turning him into a ball wing midfielder. 
Yeah. Um, really like him. He he was like he was my captain. He was ever reliable. And next to him is his the guy that plays next to him, the youngster Adriano Mendes. It's a really nice ball player. He does exactly mm-hmm. what you want in that position, pinging it to the wing backs if they're open, and also being able to uh, thread balls either to the tens or thread a proper through ball through to the centre forward. So, so they're they're there. Now we move on to the two number tens and the striker, which for me this save is all about those three players. Like I literally could have picked so many players. Oh, you the, could the, have the, done. The, fine, the first. Yeah, I don't know how you've set, I honestly don't know how you've you, I don't know I can't remember anyone having a save where they have so many good attacking talents as you've had this save. It was insane. So I'll start off with the trickiest one out of the three, which was the one of the tens. And like I had some really good players throughout the whole time. You know, at Corinthians at the moment, I've got Kaimi, Diego Enrique. Mm. Um, I had Zay Carioca. Zay Carioca was like so I really like Zay Carioca and I had Bettino. Zay Carioca he, he almost should have been in it, but he's not. And then at um, at Orex Taliana, some really good players there. The two that spring out to me are Marlon Vladovsky. Yeah, uh, like he was really good. But I've gone with Diego Montechinos in the in the ten. <laughs> I seem to remember just him scoring like pivotal goals for me. He was a youngster. Mm. Um, he came to the youth academy. Like we just kept putting out really good players in the youth academy. Um, he was class. So uh, I've gone with Diego Montechinos in the ten, mm. and then alongside him in the ten, like it has to be. Mm. I think he's the skipper. He's the skipper of the side. <laughs> it's my boy. It's Paolo. Yeah, uh, you know. I was worried for a second. I didn't think you would not pick him, but even so, like for me, I just, uh, power and Paolo for me are this. They are the heart of your side of the save for me. Absolutely. So I signed Paolo on a free in 2024 from Chero, for Chero from Pelotas in Brazil. And he, he, he that Chero's team was pretty useless. In the 10, he scored over a goal every other game. In fact, significantly over a goal every other game. So I then signed him when I went to Santiago Morning, where he continued to score goals, goals, goals. I then signed him again for when I moved to Orex Italiano after getting the boot from Santiago Morning. And then Flamengo, but he nicked him. You uh, hit his release clause. Another reason to hate them. Another reason to hate them. They are the villains of this save. He then never played a game for Flamengo, and they went out on loan to Mexico and Austria before I was able to last season bring him home, sign him for Corinthians. He never did much at Corinthians, but that's not the point. It doesn't matter. He's he's home. Uh, but yeah, Paolo for me has to be in that ten. He was just in the early early stage of this save he was just outstanding so Paolo absolutely in there yeah and then up front like I was gonna say Paolo 100% is the epitome of all time save 11 it's not about the best players it's about who has had the most impact across the course of the save it's very person of the year in that respect isn't it it is a bit bit. (laughs) he he was like early days like even I was telling he was one of my best players you know Average ratings, um, literally, when I left Santiago Morning, so his average ratings when he played for me were 7.52, 7.37, 7.44. I then got sacked by Santiago Morning in the season he had with them, he got 6.61. I then brought him back to Orex Italiano, he got 7.04 and a 7.29. So, like, he plays his best football under me. Yeah. Despite the fact that I think he didn't even like me at one point, like, he was like going on, going to nightclubs, falling out of nightclubs, not turning up to training. Um, I'm not any of his favourite personnels yet. He, I get the best out of him. 
It was a one-sided love um, affair. It's kind of Conte and Lukaku type it is. effect, isn't it? It, it is, it is. Um, and then I move on to the strikers, and again, like there's three strikers that I absolutely love doing the save. I mean, like, there's a couple of others that I quite like. I've won at Santiago Morning called Geronimo Piatikovsky. He was good, but but there really are three to choose from. And, and those the are Fabao, Fabao, Federico Fernandez, and Carlos Basquinho. And what a choice. Uh, I mean, that is an that is a horrible choice. I think I know which yeah, way you're going, but it is still a horrible choice. I considered playing Federico Fernandez in the 10 instead of Montecinos, but he just never played there. So I th- that would, to me, would feel no. like cheating. So I've got Fabao, like the guy who I signed on a bit of a whim, basically because he was massive <laughs> and turned into a guy that was scoring 60 goals regularly for me a season, which that is insane. Um, you know, uh, it, 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 honestly nuts. And just this big bulk of a bloke. Basically, I got Adriano and I, saw, and I made him really mm. good. Mm. I made Adriano what he could have been. I've got Federico Fernandez, who was just technically insane. You know, was scoring again goals galore for me. Uh, Italiano. Um, he eventually moved on to uh, which way was it? Did he go to Real Madrid? Um, was well, I didn't go to Chelsea. I think he went to, I think he went to Chelsea and then. Um, yeah, there we go. So I've, sorry, I've got it. I got it now. So he he left Dolores Italiano, went to Chelsea, and is currently on loan at Real Madrid and scored six in thirteen for for Real Madrid. Um, so that technically, he is the best player I think of of the three options. Um, and then finally, Carlos Basquinian, who, when I joined Dolores Italiano, was the guy that was moving us forward so well so quickly. Missed some absolute. Like your mini, missed. I, I'll never forgive him for. Um, I'll never forgive him for uh, the missing that, game, that Chile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's gone on to he's joined Universidad Católica recently, so he was out of the three of them. And who gone? You say you think you know which one I go for? Uh, Fabal, Fernandez, uh, and Basquinho. I you, know you in your heart of heart, your perfect forward is Fabal. And I can't imagine you picking anyone other than Fabao because he is your archetypal, big but skillful centre forward. And you just love that kind of player. I absolutely do love that. My favourite type of footballer is a goodness feet and he's massive. And that's exactly what Fabao was. So there's no way he wasn't making it into my first 11. So yeah, up front, scoring the goals for me in this in this all-time 11 for, for the save is Fabao. Fabao! Fabao! <laughs> so there's 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 my eleven. That's a hell of a team. I can't pick any. I can't pick any faults with that team. You know, I think that is a great team. And I agree with you. Montechinos is the one pick I'm not sure about. But at the same time, how many times did he dig you out of a hole with a big goal? And I think that quality yeah. is 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 underrated. Absolutely. Go on then, Luke. Talk talk me through your one to eleven. Yeah, so it's my turn. So yeah, as I said, let, starting uh, this team is in a three-four-three with two wing backs, two wingers, and a striker. And um, and starting from starting from the goalkeeper. Now, I had a couple of options here. Um, the first of those was Facundo Cambeses, who had some incredible saves against uh, River. In the Sudamericana, um, the uh, uh, in the Libertadores group stage, who got us that point in our 
yeah. river were all over us, but it got us that point to get us into the third place spot, which eventually meant that we won the Sudamericana. So he was very much uh, my second option, but it had to be Jeet Genie. Um, you know, the scourge of Tom, the, the scourge of, of your Corinthian team in the in the in the bigger game, Chile. Yeah. And also, what a story. From third choice, returning from loan in an injury crisis, to scoring a penalty in the in the Sudamericana shootout, uh, a crucial penalty to win the Copa Sudamericana. Like that last season was a hell of a ride. And all right, he didn't quite he was injured for the big moments this season, but you do, it's rare you get a story that good with a goalkeeper in FM. So for me, it had to be Gene Genie um, in goal. Um, then the right back, and this I literally was umming and ahhing on. I was, I was a bit, I was trying to be a bit naughty and trying to shoehorn in people um, into a slightly out of position, but I have been good, and and it and it. And it really was, this was the last decision I made and I more or less finalised it in my head this morning. Um, and that's Caligari. Now, Caligari, before this season, was pretty mediocre for me. Um, I'll be honest, like, not good at all. But this season, he's got... He's, his stats are absolutely ridiculous. So, for a right wing-back, he has, in 42 appearances in the league a goal and 18 assists that's, that's that puts, that's better than trent numbers like that's absolutely ridiculous from white ring back uh in terms of in terms of overall appearances he's got 60 with 22 assists so that puts him at an assist at less than one every three games which is stupid like for a right wing back so he had on that basis statistically you know, the other option was, uh, oh, I've forgotten his name now, uh, but the other option was the right wing back at the right, uh, Christopher Medina uh, for Arturo Fernandez Vial, and he had seven assists from right back in 20 games. Well, it's kind of similar numbers, but over the course of a Brazilian league season, which is absolutely brutal, as we both know, to have that kind of consistency um, is, is, yeah, is, is lethal. So, my my right sided centre back is Pinga, top yeah. top yeah, centre yeah. back in Brazil. Pinga. Went to Real Madrid. I, that's a, that's all I really need to say. He was class. Just a real Rolls Royce of a player, worth every penny for Real Madrid, and is starting is a starting centre back for Real Madrid now. Um, then contrasting that from the beginning of the save I've got Benjamin Vidal at the heart of my back three now cast your mind back cast your mind back right to the start of the save Benjamin Vidal is about 31 32 and we are in the relegation zone with 10 points off and we need some solidity at the back and him and Jerebeth Carrasco dragged us out of that relegation zone keeping it tight at the back and Benjamin Vidal is a—he's just your quintessential John Terry-esque centre back. He's a great centre back, and he's a leader, and every team needs that kind of player. And Benjamin Vidal, yeah, absolutely. Benjamin Vidal is that player, and that solidity. Um, you know, it's a—it's an all-time save eleven, and his contributions. He stepped up comfortably into the Chilean top division. And 
Yeah, enough said. Uh, and then the final of the three centre-backs is uh, another player who played for me in Chile, uh, but for the other Chilean club, Universidad de Chile, a player I bought from the third tier of Brazilian football, my man, Elton Searchin. Elton Searchin. What's he looking for? Indeed. But what a great centre-back. You know, he went from the third tier of Brazilian football to winning a Copa Sudamericana with Universidad de Chile, then got a transfer to Benfica when I left the club, and he currently now applies his trade for Borussia Mönchengladbach in the German top flight. So so a man, a man on a positive trajectory, bloody good player, and a man who went from from the Brazilian third tier to winning a continental title to playing in the German top division. And a great story within the within the save. And then finally, uh, the left wing back to round off the defence, another player from the beginning of the save. And for me, the best left back on the save, pound for pound. Kids, watch out. It's Fernando Ponce. <laughs> 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 and it's not just the name it's the fact that he was a cl- he was a cut above in the Chilean second division he comfortably stepped up to the Chilean first division he was just a pound for pound the best left back I never found a left back who I thought was as consistent as he was did it fit into what I needed him to do in my initial 4-3-3 in the save really solid you know left back generic left back but a really good generic left back um so that that leads on to the midfield and the more defensive one of them of the two is another player who played for Universidad de Chile for me uh and and that is a player who is also your nemesis and that is Emmanuel Ajeda just an absolute class holding player the penalty taker extraordinaire um Goal scorer in the Sudamericana final, uh, just a, a super super defensive midfielder. Um, I don't think there's a there's a club that doesn't benefit from that player leading them. Um, and what what a player! And he was a lock from the moment I've been. As I said to you, I've been collating this. Uh, I've been collating this list throughout the save, and. And actually, there are a few players who just there were a few players who just locked in their positions pretty instantaneously, yeah. and he was one of them. Now the other one was a bit of a late uh, addition in the save, or the more attacking of the two uh, central midfielders. Uh, and I had a few options. I had Babs, obviously Lucas Barbosa, Lucas Asadi was really good for me at Universidad de Chile, and he also ended up at Borussia Mönchengladbach in the end in the save. But the option I went for. Uh, is a player who just made immediate impact, a great goal scorer, scored lots of worldies uh, from central midfield, you know, getting 10 goals from midfield, Lampard-esque, and that is Miguel Figuera. Miggy Figgy, just a really, just so, so good. Just such a good player. And were, it's rare when you spend 16 million on a, on a veteran that you think you've got value for money, but I really think he was yeah. worth he just immediately improved that position for us um, and made it his own. So that leaves a front three. And, and I've said two wingers. There's only one of these that I feel I've slightly shoehorned someone in, but I think I'm allowed to because that player is right-footed, so you'll understand uh, why I've done it. So I'll start with probably 
another player who was obviously had to be on this, um, and that is Maximiliano Gatti. Absolutely, yeah. The most talented player I've managed in this save, better than Mamini, like the one world-class player I've managed on this save. He is so good. He is such a good footballer. The fact that an injured Gatti can come on and immediately carve up a chance that Mamini should have scored, um, you know, create that opening for Mamini that that we should have won the Libertadores through. Just consistent week in, week out, close to, you know, he was voted this season the best foreign player in the Brazilian top flight. I think that 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 more or less sums up why he's in this team. Now, the other winger slash forward uh, is a is a cheeky one, and I could have put Rivas in here. I could have put Johnny Rivas in here, but I decided against it. I could have put Arangis in here, uh, and I decided against it. Rivas, I think, because his impact was mostly off the bench. So ultimately, putting him in a starting all-save 11 doesn't seem fair, although he did absolutely turn up for the big moments. And Aaron Geese had one really good season for Universidad de Chile. However, the player I went for is Gustavo Gotti. Hence why I said I've slightly shoehorned him in, because I definitely played him as a striker. But his 21 in 30 games kept Arturo Fernandez Vial uh in the league and most importantly meant I didn't immediately get sacked at the start of the save. So if if I owe one man anything in this save, it is Gustavo Gotti because even though I unceremoniously sold him the next year, something that I regret, um, he really did, he really did help me out and provide me an opportunity to actually have a Sudamericana adventure. And for that, I owe him. And that naturally segues into the man who replaced him for Arturo Fernandez Vial. And basically, I'm not even going to pretend there's anyone else who had this opportunity or this spot. And albeit it didn't quite end in the way that I hoped, but my striker can only be Evo Mini Cooper. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. It can't. He can't be anyone else. He can't. He can't drop him just because he's missed a no. pen to ruin uh, hopes and dreams. That's it. But I can't. But at the same time, I, I, and as and I and as I kind of said in the in the in the ramble on the on my feelings on the final and the final game of the season, this man has taken me from the from breaking the Chilean all time second division record to winning a Chilean top division title and a Sudamericana, a Copa Sudamericana, to then coming with me to Brazil, where he's won me a Sudamericana and two domestic cups, taken me within a game of winning the Libertadores and taken me within one penalty of winning the league. Like, it hurts my heart that we didn't get it over the line. But I don't think it was Mamini's fault. I think, you know, you ultimately, he, dra- he dragged a team of journeymen and Gatti to to within a couple of games of a domestic and continental treble. Like, the guy's not perfect at Brazilian level. He's not as clinical as he used to be because the level's more his level. But he's still a damn good striker. And I, I still owe... 
I mean, I've never had a player who I've bought. I've never had a player I've bought at multiple clubs across a save. And to be able to do that in a journeyman, you know, a bit like you with Paolo, he is, you know, Paolo is your player of the save, along with Fabao. Mamini is my player of the save. Like, no player. When I think of the Sudamericana adventure, I will think of Mamini, just like when I think of managing Juventus, I think of Dweedene. Like, those players just stick in your head and they become part of the folklore of a save. So I really, really, you know, it, it could only be Mamini. My God. Absolutely. He is my God. Uh, absolutely. And I think, I think, I think, I think, like I said, the players we've talked about there, we, we've had some, yeah, some pretty mad, yeah, some pretty mad players who played for us, some pretty weird sort of storylines as well. So no, I've, I, I think, I think your, your 11 sums up your, your save really, really well. Thanks, mate. So on that, do you want right. to let people know what the next steps are and we can wrap this first season up? I will, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the yeah, next stage, I mean, like I said, that's the end of Sudamericana, but like I said, we, we did get pissed in the pub the other day and, and, and so we're definitely 100% doing a pub for next year. That was never never in any doubt and it was about what we're going to do it on. I don't, we don't want to go into details on because we want to, we want to, we've got a, a good uh, episode zero plan Um Plan again. Uh, again, so we'll yeah. talk you through in a bit more detail then, and that we'll do episode zero around the day of the of, of FM launch. We haven't decided whether we're going to do it around launch day or the, the beta launch. We'll 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 discuss that um, uh, later date, Lou. So yeah, you put, you won't hear from us for again about another month or so, which you used to because you didn't hear, hear from us for a few months recently. Um, I think what well, one thing I will say is. You know, we're not doing. Oh, I'm trying to think. What should I say here? So we, we, we've decided what the pod is. It's oh, this is this is difficult. Not sure. <laughs> I'm going to say. I'm going to give. I'm going to give the listeners a little snippet, and it's going to be continent focused again. Yes, I think we can say That's that. All I'm going to say, it's going to be. It's not. It's not in South America, and it's going to be continent focused. And I was going to say a couple of little, couple of little twists. Yeah, indeed. For and and for our listeners who know uh, the features of FM twenty four, what we will say is as well, and I think we can safely say this that we are not taking advantage of the new FM twenty four feature to to carry on and pick up saves. We are starting afresh. We are starting anew. It will be a new journey, uh, and we will leave it. I think at that. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, what, one other thing we, we wanted to say actually is is one thing we we've got we we are both absolutely useless at it, but we do have our social media accounts. We've never pl- we've made them, but we've never plugged them once. I've literally just I run the I've got the Twitter account. So we're going to ask people if if you listen and you enjoy the pod, just give us a follow on Twitter, and the Twitter handle is at Wuadoff. So W U A D O F, who uses the director of football. Um, and I just had a look. We have two followers, and I had a look who the followers are. We've never posted a thing, and like I said, coming up to FM twenty four, we're going to post more about our saves. We're going to we're going to sort of put some screenshots of the players, so you can actually sort of follow the journey a little bit better. So, Lewis, you're one of the followers, which is which is good. Thanks for following. But I want to have a massive shout out to whether this is a bot account or whether someone has actually found us and followed us. MLS Trev. So MLS Trev, who follows four accounts, one of us including us, one of them following enough, the MLS. Um, so, so everyone that is listening, follow uh, MLS Trev's lead, and and give us a follow. We we I'm not going to post anything yet. Like I said, we used to have it. This is an amateur podcast. I'm not spending my time creating content. 
Uh, but we'll post up as and when. Just give us a follow if you've enjoyed enjoyed the pod. We'll then we'll then work out how many people we've got following, and we'll just post out some stuff. And you know, we're we're always happy to engage with with, with listeners as well if you've got questions or any thoughts about the pod. So um, yeah, we're and Lewis is about. To, I've seen Lewis frantically trying to remember what the Instagram handle is, and you're about to reveal the Instagram handle is also at Word Off because actually we were quite oh. coordinated on that for us. Hey. That's impressive. We we did have some sort of um some sort of plan twelve months ago then. Um yeah, so give us a follow on Instagram, give us a follow on Twitter, drop us a message, drop us, you know, any thoughts about what you enjoyed about this pod, what you absolutely hated about the pod. No, if you've got anything you hate about the pod, put that on the Instagram account. Uh anything that you like about the pod, put it on the Twitter account because uh, I, I don't want to Your ego is more fragile by the sound of it. <laughs> it is. It is. Um uh, and yeah, I guess that that sort of concludes concludes the pod, concludes the season. I, I think I want to, you know, thank the, the listeners as well for listening. And we've been really humbled by the number of people that that tune in week after week to listen to us waffle on about these imaginary players that that, that we play our game with. Imaginary so, players yeah, in an so imaginary much. footballing universe in South America. Yeah, it's been exactly. thank you, thank you so much. Like we were we were worried we wouldn't get any listen so to have multiple episodes of with that have been opened and listened to 50 plus times over the course of a year and and we are i think as we both agree getting better at this and only just getting started so so we've got more stories to tell we've got more content to bring to you and and fresh ideas to deliver absolutely yeah so give us give us a follow give us a listen we'll be back in november and um yeah with, with 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 that in mind i think we'll call that a day luke yeah, absolutely. So for one last time, from myself, Lewis, and my co-host, Tom, you have been listening to Who Uses a Director of Football, Sudamericana Adventure, an FM podcast. Thank you all so much. It's been quite the journey. Bye for now.